This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, joined today by my wife and co-host, Kelsey. How are you? I'm great-ish, question mark. At the time of recording, we are currently trying to get out of Tennessee to make it home for Christmas. So, spoiler alert on what happens in our life. Do we make it for Christmas or not? I think we make it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the Christmas spirit. I lean towards my pessimism and say we don't, but have a great Christmas anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we'll be fine either way. We have each other if we stay here. That's true. That's all we really need. But I, I'm currently tracking our plane, and it's, it's making moves. But we are here today to talk about a couple of things. We're gonna do a spoiler version of our Avatar review, and then you have your favorite books of the year. Yeah, I we decided we wanted to record this. And if you've listened to our other episodes, I wanted to read 75 books this, by the end of the year. And with 10 days left, I finished on December 21st with my 75th book of the year. Really, I really did this for y'all so I could give my definitive top books of the year. And I'm going to break it down into several categories. So I have like a top 10. So we have all that. First, let's get into the Avatar Way of the Water spoiler edition of this review. Spoiler alert, it's long. It is long. So this movie was three hours and 10 minutes. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. And every minute counts out for three hours. There was so much going on in this movie and just thinking back of all the spoiler parts to it. Do you feel... Before we get into it, I want to know, do you think it was worth the three hour and 10 minute runtime? Because I know going into it, that was your biggest thing of like, oh man, this movie is so long. I so did not want to go see that movie, but I also wanted to spend time with you. So I was like, I'll sit through it. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it, but Mm -hmm. I think we could have cut an hour out of the film. We could have- An hour? I think we could have cut an hour. I I lean more towards cutting about 20 to 30 minutes out of it. I think we could have cut an hour. I think just getting it under that three hour mark would have been perfect for me. But I still found myself enjoying it. And you, like I am, aren't the biggest fan of the original, right? No, I've talked on here before about how I went on a cruise several years ago with my family. And this is the only movie they played on loop. I don't know if they made some kind of deal, but Avatar was on it every hour. And the worst part is when you're in a cruise ship, 
like in the interior rooms, you have no mm-hmm. concept of what time of day it is. And Avatar is just on a never ending loop. Kind of start to go a little mad. So now we're going to have Avatar and Avatar 2 on a loop. So that's a whole five hour chunk that cruises can get in. I mean, yeah, once you put them together, it's probably like six hours. So you can only play both of them four times a day. So the biggest spoiler in this movie, well, it starts with, I feel like the whole plot was pretty simple. Yeah, for three hours, there weren't very many like twists. And, that's why I'm saying we could have cut an hour out. The plot itself was simple and we could have condensed it. So you have Jake from the original one. He now has a family. He is now the leader. And then you have the old military guy back from the original one, kind of back from the dead. But now he is an avatar, looks and has all the characteristics and the physical attributes as an avatar. And he is trying to hunt him down. There's also this serum that they discover that can make humans live forever. And they're trying to, at one point, go and live on the moon. So there are kind of a lot of things. I'm going to be honest. I missed that part. Well, there are a lot of things going on that almost that they don't come back to. What it really comes down to is his entire plan revolves around finding Jake and killing him, which I felt like that kind of overpowered the entire movie. And I was kind of questioning why everybody else was a part of that and why they were just like, yeah, let's go and find and kill this dude. How much does it really benefit them? But it all kind of came back to them being able to find that resource. And they find that evil lab guy (laughs) in the movie who is one of the only other humans who ends up getting his arm bit off later. Yes, thank you. Which was the cheesiest part of the film. Probably. It looked like sharknado style like it looked like some sci-fi crap and they probably did that to make it appropriate for kids and not be so realistic but the interesting thing about this entire movie that i i look back on is kind of those scenes where you do have like humans involved and you do have like cutaways between the avatar people and then the other crew it looks like different It almost looks like you're watching like a soap opera a little bit. So yeah, I felt like the plot stayed pretty simple. And then it all kind of came back to the family, him trying to protect his family. So on that one end I'm talking about is it was weird seeing all these people just kind of mindlessly follow this military guy in his attempts to kill Jake. And then also on the other side with Jake and his family going to this remote island and learning the quote-unquote ways of the water it was giving wakanda forever yeah that was hard to differentiate but also that tribe like them just taking them in and risking kind of losing people in their tribe and risk bringing war to them i almost feel like if i would have been in that situation i would have been like yo you got to get out of here you're bringing did it first they did which I guess later in the movie, it's the whole them forming this bond and this trust together and then becoming kind of a part of them. But I feel like at some point I'm like, yo, I got to watch out for my family. I don't I don't want you bringing this here because they kind of just bring the war to them and don't really feel bad about it. I would feel bad about it. Yeah, they got I feel like a lot of people killed but even jake was like it's never gonna come here like yeah, they I, won't find us i didn't buy that all at all in the when that scene where he's like yeah they're not gonna like they're easily gonna find you and the exact thing that he said wasn't gonna happen happened almost immediately i did find that a little bit comical so i feel like an hour and a half into this movie i found myself enjoying it a lot more than i did but I think it all came to where it really kind of set in my mind of like, this is actually something that I'm really enjoying was that final hour, that final 
third act, which when it takes two hours to get to the part you enjoy. But I didn't I didn't feel like I was bored of it. I didn't feel like I was wanting it to wrap up. I just remember from the first one, that is one of my favorite scenes of really any movie. I felt like that third act, that final battle scene is really kind of like a work of art. And I give that to James Cameron. It kind of reminded me of the third act in Titanic, which is one of the greatest third acts in all of film. Classic. The ship going down and that entire sequence is one of the best things that's ever been orchestrated just to know how many things go into that. All the moving parts, you get one shot to sink that ship. So I credit a lot to James Cameron's big vision in making big movies that that was my favorite thing, of course, in Titanic, of course, in the first Avatar. And then he was able to make that even better in this one. And it really kind of reminded me of the final scene in Titanic of the ship going down because you have it again here. You have they're all on that ship. They're trying to rescue their kids. They're held captive. And then the entire thing is going down. And that's kind of where the big final battle takes off or happens. So I felt like that scene was really great. Like there were so many moments that kind of came full circle with like their daughter having that weird seizure and then being able to use that power to guide them through those lights. All of that tension that came between Jake and the military guy kind of came to a head spider coming back and then having that battle between do I want to help the people who I've been living with or do I want to go and defend my dad I felt like that actually all came together and it was hard throughout this entire movie to really feel sympathetic towards them because they were just blue people yeah and they were just it almost felt like we were watching like a like a Pixar movie And trying to have these human characteristics, it was hard to like really grasp onto that because it was a more, because it's a straight on drama with a lot of action. So it was hard to feel sad for them. But I think in that final scene, you kind of feel it a little bit. But again, because they are kind of blue avatar people, it takes you out of it at the same time. But I felt like that scene was really great. And I feel even now a week and a half after it, still feel like I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. And almost like I need to defend Avatar for some odd reason. Like some, a lot of people really hate on, on these movies. I mean, you have to give it to James Cameron, like visionary. Like Mm -hmm. this was never done before. Like the time it took to create these movies. Also listening to you talk about that. I'm just laughing, thinking about how James Cameron loves a third act ship going down. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what happened in this one. Yeah. Loves, loves it. Loves a third act ship going underwater. It makes for a great movie. So did you kind of along those same lines, did you feel anything when their kid died in this movie? Yeah, that part was sad. It was sad, right? That was sad. And it took a lot for me to feel sad. It wasn't like cry worthy sad, but it was what they'd been trying to stop the entire movie of losing anybody. And then they lose their son. I honestly thought more people were going to die. Like there was a certain part in this movie. I felt like they weren't going to make it, which I think is, it's a good thing to do to make you feel like, Hey, there's no hope in any of this fight. There's no way they're going to defeat him. And then they do. And then it definitely leaves the door open going into avatar three with spider rescuing him after he was basically left for dead at the bottom of the ocean. Spider in his loincloth. Yeah. Spider half naked the entire time. Yeah. There weren't a lot of clothes in this film. Not which, in anybody. Like I get that they're not real people, but then yeah, they wanted to make us give all the 
like human emotions and then they put them in like loincloths and like a coconut bra. <laughs> so we have the next one coming out in 2024 in December and then we have another two in 2026 and 2028. Oh so for three, four, and five, are you a little bit more excited going into three now? Or are you like, you know what? I've had it. I mean, I'll go see them. I don't think that I'm going to say I'm excited, okay. but I am curious. I would say I'm kind of excited now. And leading up to watching this one in theaters, I got more and more excited, especially after I saw it actually getting really good reviews, which was surprising to me. I just thought a movie that came 13 years after the original one had no chance of being better than the first one, especially when I don't really love the first one to begin with. And you never think sequels are better than the original. It rarely happens. The sequel, especially with a movie like this, always feels like a cash grab. Like they're like, all right, we're going to make another one. Hangover two and three. <laughs> a lot of movies, Dumb and Dumber, like all those movies that come back so many years after. And I thought the 13-year mark was weird because it's not that far after the original one. Like with Top Gun earlier this year, that was 30 years after. That feels a little bit more like a bigger moment. But for this one to kind of be in that in-between, I felt like it was going to have to be really good to even leave an impact. And it did. I would say I lean more towards being excited for three, knowing now where the story can go, that they can probably move to a different terrain after this. I think that's kind of what each of these movies is going to focus on now, like a different part of the world, a different kind of environment. Probably by five or six, they'll end up in space just because I feel like franchises do that once they run out of ideas on land they go to space so I'm trying to picture the avatars in space i could see that i could see avatar five or six on the moon <laughs> they probably will do that and it'll probably be an entertaining movie and i think that's what i look for now in these movies i've heard and seen a lot of people's comments who really enjoy this movies and I'm leaning on that side now too i was an avatar hater yeah and i i enjoyed it i'm ready to paint my face blue Okay, I can't paint my face blue to the next one. Is it washable paint? Yeah. We can talk about it. Okay. I was just testing you, but you passed. I also want to talk about, I don't know if you already talked about it earlier this week in mm -hmm. one of your TikTok videos, Edie Falco. Mm -hmm. uh, did you already discuss that? How? No. So she filmed her role as the general, her cameo, like four years ago. And she was quoted as saying she thought it had already come out and been a flop because she had heard nothing about it. And I don't know why, but that just makes me laugh so hard. That she did this cameo, and then she was like, huh, must have done bad. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I hadn't heard anything about it, and it just hadn't come out yet. And I I just find that so funny for some reason. I mean, props to all the cast for landing a role in this movie, in this franchise. Like, it is just the one of the best paychecks you can get. It also, as soon as we left the movie, I was Googling Zoe Saldana. Yeah. She has managed to put herself in three of the five highest grossing films of all time. Insane. Avatar, the original, and then Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. And it's like she has put herself in just these two worlds. Yeah, and that's not even counting the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's fascinating to me. And she's such a good actress. But mm -hmm. to be able to put yourself in like two different, let's throw it in, mythical, mm -hmm. magical, sci-fi, sci superhero type worlds, and to be able to do both of those roles so well. Yeah, just to that, just to have the credits of being in one of the highest grossing movies of all time. But three? But three of them? 
it that's yeah and then now afterwards you just kind of cash in on being able to do this stuff forever so yeah i feel like this is a great get especially for sam worthington who plays jake this is the only thing i know him for like that's it i remember when he kind of rose to fame after avatar he's very good looking but has a very hairy neck oh interesting (laughs) i never really paid attention to his neck i just remember seeing pictures (laughs) and being like huh all right but he is banking now, so that is Avatar The Way of the Water, the spoiler edition. What would you give it? I gave it a four out of five. I mean, I would I would probably give it a four out of five. It was good. Four out of five. I think that is a perfect rating for it. I mean, again, little long. But I will also say it's one of those movies that I got up to go to the bathroom like four times, and I came back and I was never confused about what was <laughs> going on, which was great, because sometimes in those movies you leave for like three minutes and you come back, and it's... 17 different tracks and you over missed and you're it. lost but i was able to catch up quite nicely yeah this one don't feel bad about running to to go to the bathroom grab a second round of snacks you're gonna need it all right well we will come back and do your top 10 books of the year and we'll do that next Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the app store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to body.com. That's body with an I.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. 
It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. All right, we're going to get into now your top 10 books of the year. Remind us again how many you read this year. 75. That is a lot of books. It is. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to stop. I currently am reading 76. Maybe I'll get to 77 before next Saturday. And the episode we did before this were books we thought would be good movies later down the line. Yes. And I will say there's a couple repeats. Okay. So here we go. Start us off with your first one. Okay. So I have this in two categories. So as a lot of people know, I've read a ton of like World War II books this year. and I Loves a World War II book. Never thought that would be my genre, but here we are. Interesting because you don't like war movies. They're just too gory for me. They stress me out. I like war movies that tell a story. I think that's why I like the books. I don't like war movies where it's like just like shooting. Like what was the one? Was it 1917? Mm-hmm. No, there was one with um, Andrew Garfield. Oh, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Gory. That one's a lot of stressed me out. But like 1917 told a story. So the history aspect of it is what you like. Yes. Okay. So we'll get into your list. You have these in no particular order. You just kind of broke them up in categories, right? Correct. So I have two categories. One, I'm going to give you just like a top five books of the year. And then I'm going to give you my top five World War II books because if I just gave you like top five books, they would probably all be World War II books. So I've given you a lot of movie recommendations over the course of this podcast. And I also know that people also usually set a resolution to read more. So these are all ones you would recommend for that, right? Yes. So here we go. Kick us off with your list. So my first one is one that I talked about wanting to see made into a movie. It's Beneath the Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. That was the first one I read this year that kind of gave me like the push to keep reading World War II books Mm -hmm. because I wasn't in like historical fiction before that. And now I can't stop reading them. So this one was based on a true story of a teenager named Pino Lella. And it's about him helping fight the Nazis. And I don't want to give anything else away, but it is based on a true story. And the author went to Europe, spent time with Pino, learned his story to then be able to write the book. Yeah, this is one you read and told me about like almost every like every time you sat down and what read a chapter You'd be like, I got to tell you about this one. I couldn't stop reading it. So this one, just for me, who hasn't read any books this year, stuck out to me because of how much you loved it. Yes. All right. So next on your list, what do you got? So the next one is one I just recently read. It's called The Circus Train, Mm -hmm. and it is literally about a circus on a train. But it's about this girl who grows up on the train. Her dad is an illusionist, and then it's set in the time of World War II, and... And I don't want to give too much away, but it's then about like her dad and the love of her life and how World War II impacts her life along the years. Is this a easier read of more intense read? I think this one was an easier, more like entertaining read. Like less. I didn't feel it was too like choppy on the history. All right. What do you have next? All right. Next, I have The Diamond Eye by Kate Quinn, who I will say like this. I started reading every book that Kate Quinn wrote Mm because they're all so good. So this one is also based on a true story about one of the best like um, no, sorry. History's deadliest female sniper. So she wins the award for deadliest female sniper. And it's her true story about how she goes from being 
just an average girl to learning that she's really good with a gun and then fighting in the war. That sounds intense. It was amazing. It was great. I love it. And I think I actually gave all of these five stars, if I remember correctly. All five star books. So, so these are all my five. Star only books. solid recommendations here. Only solid. And I will say again, these are all take place during the war. There is heavy elements to all of them. So mm-hmm. I will give some fluffier reads. Okay. My, we'll, we'll get to those later. Um, okay. And then the next one is the things we cannot say by Kelly Reimer. And once again, said during world war two, these are all world war two. Mm-hmm. Like I can't seem to pick up a world war one book. It's only world war two. Uh, but this one is about a, it starts and a young woman is saying her wedding vows And then it kind of takes you back through how we got to that point. Interesting. So is it all a flashback throughout the entire book? Yes and no. Is that hard to read and go back and forth? Because when watching a movie, usually they can differentiate by like the way a scene looks or it shows you like a fade to black. How do you do that in a book? So it usually tells you in the chapter like what town it's set in and the time period. Sometimes I do have to go back like the one I just started Um this week for book 76 is actually another Kate Quinn one. And I got confused at first and had to go back and I was like, okay, we went back and forth eight years. So sometimes you do (laughs) kind of have to like go back to the beginning of the chapter. I will say that's my hardest thing to get over when reading and why I probably don't read more is it's hard to slow my brain down to just read. And I feel like I'm reading, but not taking anything in and I'll go back two pages and I realize that I didn't read anything. See, that was me when I would read like textbooks, mm. but when I'm reading a story, I can get pretty locked in. Mm. Well, I got to work on that. All right. What do you have next in right. the fifth one here? The last one was my 75th book and it happened to make it into my thing. The final one the top, made it into my top five. It's like when an artist writes a song at the very last minute and it makes the album. Yep. So this one is all the broken places by John Boyne. And he actually wrote the boy in the striped pajamas, which oh, yeah. is a hit. Didn't they make that into a movie? They did make that into okay. a movie. I haven't read the book or seen the movie. You don't need to have read the book to read this one. It's kind of a sequel. It's technically book two in the Boy in the Striped Pajamas series, but you can read them separately. So this one was really interesting because it tells the story of a German woman and it's her life now and you're going back and forth. But she was the daughter of someone who was really high up in the German forces and Mm. worked really closely with Hitler. And so you're instead of all these other books where you're kind of reading from someone who was like under Hitler's like rule, she is someone who was on the enemy side. And so just seeing how she reckons with that and how her life ends up. I thought that one was really interesting. I feel like that one could be a great movie. I would imagine it would be great if the boy in the striped pajamas was made. That was one. I think that one came out in 2008, but that was a movie that a lot of people recommended. I think I was looking for like a movie to make me cry. So I remember watching it, but it was so long ago. I don't think it made me cry. I want to read the book next. I'm on, it's on hold at the library for me. And I'm down to rewatch that movie with you. Great. All right. So what is your next set of books? So these are just like my top five of the year. Some of, some of them are fluffy. I think mm, actually only two of them are a fluffy read. Okay. So let me know which ones are the fluffy ones. If somebody's looking for a lighter read. Okay. We'll start with the fluffy, um, a quiet life by Ethan Joella. Mm-hmm. I would r- compare it to kind of like a lifetime movie in a book, but less cheesy, but it's one of those. 
or more like an ensemble movie. Think like New Year's Eve with like a star-studded Hollywood cast and everyone's life intertwines. So okay, I like those kind of stories. Three people and their lives intertwine. And I will say it's not fluffy in the sense that it doesn't have anything sad. Mm-hmm. There's one of the characters, elderly widow, but it is so well written and it just is one of those that makes you feel all the emotions and just reminds you like how hard it is to be a human, but like how beautiful it is in those moments of connection. Like when we get to be there for each other, I really liked this one and I've read his other books and I really enjoyed. What do you got next? Next I have the only other fluffyish the measure which i also by mm-hmm. nikki ehrlich i know i talked about that one when i wanted to see that one made into a movie again not fluffy in the sense that it's light because it's everyone gets these mysterious strings and it tells them when they're gonna die but in the sense of like you don't have to like keep up with like time periods is i guess the only thing i consider fluffy these days i still think that one will make a great movie i want to see that one i want to see that made into a movie um yeah i think that one would be really good i haven't read it but we've talked about it that I would recommend it without reading it. There we go. <laughs> next one. All right. Next is Beautiful Country by Chan Julie Wong. And that is a memoir. She grew up here. Her parents immigrated from Asia. And mm-hmm. it's just a really moving story about like the difficulties of growing up as an immigrant child in the U.S. And yeah, I just I loved it. Highly recommend it. I don't want to give away too much of her story, but I think everyone will read it and have an appreciation for things that those of us born here don't have to go through. So very inspiring. Yes. I felt that I think the last movie I watched and it made me feel like that was Minari and Minari is kind of along the same lines. It's a immigrant family who moves to rural Arkansas. And I saw a lot of what my family went through moving here of just, I mean, just learning how to speak English and getting a job, the things that are seem so basic are a lot harder when, you know, this isn't your, this isn't your country. So I love inspiring stories like that. So, and I will, I will correct myself. She actually immigrated as well. She was seven when they came to the U S and both of her parents were professors in China. And then when they came to the U S like none of their education was, doesn't transfer over. It doesn't transfer over. And so they had to start in these kind of like ground level jobs. They went from this like notoriety. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, it was really good. All right, what do you got next? All right, so we have a mystery. So those are my two. I love a suspense, mm-hmm. and I love a World War II. So this one is called Firstborn by Will Dean, and it's one of the only like mystery books I read this year that made me gasp out loud because there's not one, but there are two huge twists along the way that had me being like, <gasps> and I made some of my friends read it, and one of my friends finished it at like midnight, and she texted me, and she was like, what did I just read? So this was a, you can't stop reading it once you start type of book. So it's about this girl. She's a twin. Her twin lives in the U S she lives in London and she gets a call that her twin has been murdered. And so she goes over to New York to try to solve her murder. And you learn so many things along the way. That one sounds good. And what's the final one? Final one is one that I also, I stayed up, I think to like 1am reading and then texted all of my friends. I was like, you have to read this. It's called before we were yours. And it's by Elisa Wingate. And it is based on a true story of a woman in Memphis who ran kind of like a child trafficking ring almost Mm -hmm. where she would get like low income, illiterate parents. She would trick them into signing their rights away and she would kidnap their children and then sell them to wealthy families, like of people who couldn't have their own children. Wow. And it's, the story 
So this is, it's based on a true story. This woman really ran this ring, but the characters are made up based on the children who this happened to, but it's about this set of like siblings and you kind of go back and forth to like their lives. They were living on a riverboat with their parents to then what happens when they end up and like how they all get split up and just what happens to all those children. Dang, that one sounds pretty intense too. (laughs) It was so good. And I, I'd seen it before and sometimes they pick really weird cover art for books I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. sometimes cover art is a, is a turnoff. And you, this was a weird cover and I just never, and then I saw the synopsis of it. And I was like, oh, I actually do want to read that. When picking a book, how do you find these? I, I still get, like, I don't know how you find all these books. You read 75 this year and you read them all on your Kindle. So it's not like we have 75 books stacked up here. And is it by recommendations? Is it by just looking at the cover, the author? How do you find them? So I follow several Instagram accounts of people that give recs, which is why I started recommending things Mm -hmm. on Instagram and Goodreads because I was like, Oh, that's like, if I'm influenced by like other people probably want to know different books. So several like leads there. And then if I have like an author that I really like, I'll just see if they have anything new coming out. If they had anything old that I missed, sometimes I just browse on Instagram or yeah, like Instagram, Amazon. I look a lot. And then I have the Libby app, which is how I read from our library and it can recommend things to me. Interesting. So a lot of just like random recommendations. I went through, I'll find lists like the top books of the year that moved people books that everyone or books that people think everyone should read. I have random sources. And now anybody who needs a book recommendation has 10 great ones to check out. 10 great ones. You can also follow me on Goodreads. I'll make Mike put it in the show notes. Yeah. If you missed a title of one of these books or an author. Or you want the other 65 I read this year. (laughs) You can go click that link and see all of these books we talked about. So that is the list. That is our Avatar spoiler review and your top 10 books of the year. Anything else you want to say? I challenge people to read more next year. I'm going to try. I I try. I genuinely love like at the end of the day. And I know I read on a Kindle, so it's still a screen, Mm -hmm. but it just helps my brain unplug so much because it's just a Kindle. It's not, I find it's harder to read like on a Kindle app on a phone because you have all the other distractions, Yeah, but it's just my Kindle. It's not doing anything else. It's just a book. I light a candle. I pour a glass of wine. Like I'll turn the lights off. And it just helps my brain turn off. And I feel like my brain has kind of gotten like back to being focused for longer stretches mm-hmm. because I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, when we all turned to our devices, I lost some brain cells. So I challenged myself this year and I think just finishing grad school last year and not having any, like I couldn't be a straight A student anymore not having like any goals to work towards. I set like personal goals this year. So it was read books. It was start taking more workout classes, just like a personal challenge to grow my mind. And it sounds so cheesy to say better <laughs> myself, but it's what you did. It was like, I, I wanted to learn and I feel like I learned a lot even in fiction books. So because I know people will ask, will you set a goal next year? I don't think I will. I'm also a very, like when I start down a path of something, I get a little obsessive. Same. And so I that. don't, I don't think I want to force myself next year. Like this was just kind of a set a high limit, but I think I'll just go back to like reading what I enjoy. This was more to remind me too how much I loved reading and that I don't always want to turn on the TV and just like numb out and watch something mindless at the end of the day. I kind of feel that way about 
movies now. Like I still love movies. Really now in my free time, I enjoy more a movie that I've already seen and familiar with and reminds me of like, I don't know, being younger or a different time. I feel like I watch movies to kind of take me back to those places. But it also sometimes when watching new movies, even like we're talking about Avatar, like we probably wouldn't have watched that unless I was going to review it for this podcast. So in some aspects, like I feel like because of the podcast, it feels sometimes like work in a weird way, but I still enjoy it. So I don't really put goals on myself of like how many movies to watch an entire year. But I feel like. Although I feel like when it comes to like Oscar season, we do get in that mode of like. Gotta watch every yeah, movie. <laughs> we have to see everything that's nominated. Which coming up in a, the next episode, we will talk more about one of the best movies out of the entire year that I feel like if it doesn't win for best picture, I'm I'm rioting. I will. I'm rioting as well. So come back for that episode. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast this year. Yes. I have one more plug. I'm raising my hand. No one can see that, but I'm raising my hand. <laughs> yes, <your> Kelsey. <laughs> um, I also want to plug public libraries. Mm-hmm. I forgot how much I love a public library. And because I do read on my Kindle, I was like, oh, I don't need a library card. But there's this great thing called the Libby app and you just get a card from your public library and you sign up and then you can read all of your eBooks for free from the library and you can download them on your Kindle. And it is changed my life and you probably appreciate it because I spend way less money on books now because I forgot that you could read ebooks. There's a wait sometimes, but I currently have like 15 books on hold. So they just kind of cycle and I forget that I've been waiting five weeks to read them. So that is my plug for your public libraries. They're great. You can do a lot at the public library. I've seen here. Ours even has like a seed program. If you want to start a vegetable (laughs) garden. I don't know. I just think we forget about all these resources. So support the libraries, support the cinema, and support your local... Your local businesses. Yeah, do all the things local. Support local, shop small. (laughs) And listen to local podcasts like this one. Yes. So that's going to do it for this week. And until next time, go out and watch good movies and read good books. And we will talk to you later. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. 
Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.